Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The first lesson for All Saints Sunday is from the Revelation of St. John, chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the third chapter of 1 John, verses 1 through 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read the responsive Psalm 49 from the worship folder. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his Maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their King. Let them praise his name with dancing making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the peoples to bind their kings with chains 
and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written, this is honor for all his godly ones. Alleluia. Praise the Lord. I invite you to stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Gospel from the fifth chapter of St. Matthew, verses 1 through 12. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated for our sermon hymn. First four stanzas of hymn number 461. Well, good morning. Wonderful to see you all here this 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, for the last several months, we've been celebrating the season of Pentecost. And it feels like forever. You know, it's a season that takes up the second half of the church year. This is a season where we gather to learn, to read, and hear the Scripture that pertains to the growth and maturing of the Christian faith. And along the way, we have heard, we have learned about faith. Faith of the apostles. Faith of a Canaanite woman. We learn about how Christ bring back the lost children of the house of Israel. We've seen how this has rippled out to the other nations. Calling forth uh, Gentiles who now profess a deep faith and love for our Lord. And now, now we hear about the saints. You know, whenever the saints are mentioned, our minds are quick to think about the, those who have reached sainthood in the Roman Catholic tradition. And we just talked about good old St. Nick in our Wednesday morning Bible study. But yet, when we think about the saints, we think about them as those who have been called home. The loved ones that are God so graciously and so lovingly called to himself. But the saints are more than that. They're not just the dead Christians. They're not just those who have faced martyrdom. They're not just those who have long since passed in the faith before you and I. For indeed, all Christians, all the faithful, alive and dead, are his saints. For in Christ, we are saints. And just as we heard in the epistle reading from 1 John, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. So let's lift up our voices. Let us sing praises unending to our Lord and to our God. Let us throw off the sting of this world. Leave behind the worries, the stress, the doubt, the sting that we face here in our daily lives. 
and let us join the saints who have gone before us. Join them in songs of praise, with voices lifted high, praising our God, proclaiming to the world and to creation that our Lord reigns just as He has and will forevermore. Don't you feel invigorated? Are your hearts racing with glee and with joy? We should be shouting from the rooftops, unashamed, dancing like David before the Ark of the Covenant. We should join in making melodies to our God, playing instruments such as the piano, the guitar, the pipe organ, drums, and tambourines and lyre. Let us make melody to our God. This is what we hear in the 149th Psalm. Psalm 149 is one of the last of the five psalms. These last five are recognized as the hallelujah psalms, where the people of God join together in lifting up their voices, giving Him what He deserves, praise, worship, and adoration from His people. <coughs> now, to be clear, there is no date attached to this psalm. There are no indicators as to when this was written. Not like Psalm 52, where we hear about David running away from Saul. Or Psalm 51, <clears throat> where David begged the Lord for forgiveness for the sinful act that, lost, that cost him the price of his son, his first son with Bathsheba. But yet, it could be that this psalm was written after the exile. After the people of God were returned to the land of their forefathers just as he promised. But yet when we're looking at the psalm, the first half is filled with, with songs of joy and with praise and uplifted spirits of the people. But yet there's this tension in the second half where the Psalter writes, Let the high praises of a God be in their throats and two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written. So we go from the saints who lift up songs to lifting up swords. You know, something doesn't quite make sense. Now, why would they do this? Surely there is no need. If this psalm was written after the exile, then the Jews have what they need. Land, return of wealth, a temple, as crude as it may be, but they have it. And now they can worship their God in peace. Even being promised by King Cyrus of Persia that they can live there in peace. So why the need to lift two-edged swords? Well, in the days following from the exile, the people of God were continuously plagued by other kingdoms, other nations. People who did not want them back in the land. Who had no desire for them to regain the foothold that they once held. Thus, there was a need to protect themselves. So then how do we, as saints, reconcile these two opposing views? Do we recognize one and drop the other? Now if we drop the swords, then what we have left are just songs. Yes, give praise and adoration and worship to the Lord. Yes, give Him what He is owed. But then we'll be leaving out what our Lord has called us to do. And that is carrying the swords along with our songs. But what if we just carried our swords? 
then God's people would once more be led astray as they had before. Led to carry out unneeded bloodshed, all due to misinterpretation and abuse of God's Word. The Word of God has often been abused and mishandled. And by those who are, pro- who are given the very Word to teach, to preach, to guide the people as God has called them to live. And yes, Psalm 149 was used in such circumstances. And if we go back to the Reformation, in the years following, there was a preacher by the name Thomas Munzer who used these very same words to ignite the peasants, to lead the people forth in war, to rise up against their masters. And what we now recognize is the Peasants' War of 1524. And where a few decades later, these very same words were spoken once more by Caspar Scolopius, who urged Roman Catholics to overthrow Lutheran princes. And what we now know as the Thirty Years' War that began in 1618. We are his saints. We lift high our praises to God and lift high our sword. But these swords aren't created by smiths, they're not fashioned for war. For our swords are stronger than those of metal, sharper than that has any existed in in history, even sharper than the legendary sword Excalibur that belonged to King Arthur. As the author of Hebrew writes, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yes, Our sword is the very Word of God. It is the Word that we carry with us day and night. It is the Word that we meditate upon day and night. But our battle, our battle is not against the flesh and blood. It's not against those who are wronged. It's not against those whom we despise. Or those who do not hold the same view as you and I. This battle is not against them but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. As Paul reminds us in his letter to the Ephesians, song and sword go hand in hand for the people of God, for his saints. But why? Why does the Psalter place two opposing views in this text. If this psalm is like the other Hallelujah Psalms, and was indeed written following the return of the exile, that would mean that the situation for the Jews has changed. No longer would they feel the need. No longer would they have to be worshiping in a foreign land, surrounded by foreign gods, or living under the command of a foreign king. They would be free. Which is why the Psalter opens his songs with the words, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, His praise in the assembly of the godly. And this song, just like the rest of the Psalms, reflects how the people of God are doing. And right now, they are rejoicing. They are lifting up their voices to the one who brought them back. They are dancing, playing instruments, and making melodies to the Lord. And for the first time, In a long time, the people of God finally have a sense of security 
as the Psalter writes. Let the godly exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy on their beds. But it doesn't end there. As the Psalter makes very clear to the people of God, their God has brought them salvation. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people, and he adorns the humble with salvation. The Lord has brought them freedom. He has returned to the land of their forefathers, just as he promised. He did not forget about them. Yes, years passed during the exile, but even so, the Lord won for his people their salvation. And this is what the saints have been given. Thus, they sing a new song to the Lord. And just like them, so too do you, myself, and all Christians sing to the Lord a new song. We join in their anthem of singing praise to our God. And why shouldn't we lift up our voices? Why not make music to our Lord and to our God? For just as the people of God sang a new song, so too do we. Our song may not be about one, how the Lord brought us back to the land of our forefathers. It might not be about how we were rescued from a foreign land or living under a foreign king. It may not be in the exact same manner as the Jews who made their way back to the very promised land under King Cyrus. But like them, our God has won for us salvation. Yes, never forget that the reason that you and I lift our voice in unending praise is because salvation came to us, found in the person and work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who won salvation for you and for me and for all the saints, who won it by taking the wrath of God, the very wrath that we deserved, but no more. Now, now as the saints, we get to enjoy the freedom from the burden of sin, the wonderful gift of life, new life, eternal life with the Lord. Through faith in Christ Jesus, indeed we sing a new song, a song of life and salvation found in our God, all the while clinging to the word that has been given to you and to me. For this is our norm, this is our guide. And it is this word that we raise against the lies, the deceit, and the present darkness in this twisted and corrupted world. So let us sing. Advance to the next slide, Zach. Let us join the anthem of the saints. Let us sing songs of praise, of joy, and of thanksgiving to our Lord and to our God. Singing the same song today as all the saints continue to sing in the presence of our Lord. So sing. Sing to the Lord a new song, all you his saints. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.